Good morning, folks. It's good to be able to speak to you uh, like this this morning, although we're not gathered together uh, to worship God, and I know that's difficult, and we would love to be together. Circumstances are such that we can't be, and so it's a great opportunity for us to um, to take some time to reflect as individuals uh, on God's Word, but to look forward to the day when we can be back worshipping uh, together as a family. As we begin our uh, time of worship this morning, we won't have uh, any sung worship, but we will have an opportunity to hear God's word read and explained uh, and then to spend some time in prayer at the end. Uh, and I want you to be encouraged through all of this that the Lord still speaks. We hear in Second Corinthians chapter 1, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. The circumstances that we're going through are really unsettling. It's not what we want, but it's the way things are. And so we simply have to make the best of the situation, knowing that the Lord is in control, that he leads us through, and the experience we have will enable us to better serve those around us. And so... Let's come together in prayer as we begin our time. Before we read from God's word, let's pray together. Our loving Heavenly Father, we want to come together this morning and give you praise. Lord, we thank you for who you are as our Father, as our Creator. Lord, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, our Saviour, whom you were pleased to send on our behalf so that we might be part of your church, whether we are together or whether we are worshipping individually. Lord God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who fills us and empowers us and enables us to worship you in any situation, in any circumstance. Lord God, we ask that you would hear our prayers this morning. Lord, that you would help us to uh, submit ourselves before your word. Lord, that you would build us up and equip us. Lord, in every way that we might be made ready through our time this morning to face this coming week with all of the difficulties and, and the different circumstances that we will face to those that we would normally do. Lord God, help us to glorify you, even as we seek to find ways of simply getting through the days and weeks that lie ahead. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you are to us and ask that you would bless our time together this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our reading this morning doesn't come from Genesis. We're going to take a, a quick break from our series in Genesis. It seems right that we take a, a pause at the moment and, and address the situation that we're currently facing. So we'll, we'll read from Psalm 46 and consider together what the Lord has to say about our present troubles that we are in. So we'll read Psalm 46 to the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High, God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us, 
the God of Jacob, is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. Well, this morning we think about the circumstances that we're all facing and will continue to face over the coming weeks and months and in all likelihood on into next year as uh, the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, exerts its influence upon us and uh, we have to go through this time of being apart from one another uh, and uh, a whole of life changing, uh, the whole of our circumstances uh, being thrown into turmoil. This is a new experience for us all and it's a tremendously unsettling one. It's difficult for us to know what to do and, and how to think and uh, how to respond as a Christian people in the midst of all of this. And yet we find in Scripture a great source of help uh, and strength. In the Psalms, as we look at Psalm 46 this morning, we don't just have the songs of God's people. We have something much more than that. We have instruction to God's people in what we're to do in good times and in bad times, in times of great joy and in times of trial and terrible sadness. And in Psalm 46 this morning, anxiety, sadness, frustration, anger, wondering how on earth we'll cope are all addressed. The psalmist tells us that in order to receive rest at this time, in order to receive comfort and strength in unsettling times such as the ones we face in our present day, we must see three things. Firstly, we must see that life is uncertain by its very nature. The psalmist pictures a scene of complete chaos and carnage. The earth, it seems, is coming apart at the seams. The earth is giving way under his feet. The mountains are toppling into the sea. The waters of the earth are roaring and foaming. And the mountains are frightened that they'll be overwhelmed by these roaring seas. It's a picture of the whole work of creation being undone and the world falling back into chaos. It's a frightening picture. This all readily applies to our daily situation at the moment, doesn't it? Life seemed to be going on fine, always going according to a plan and everything is ordered and in control and in a moment, all of a sudden, it seems, everything is tipped onto its head. Just a a couple of weeks ago, everything was broadly normal. We knew that things overseas in China and encroaching into Italy were uh, beginning to to look like a, a difficult set of circumstances, but certainly none of us expected what has happened over the last two weeks. In two weeks, our whole society, our whole nation, the whole Western world has been tipped upside down. And something that we thought previously impossible, that we would be um, socially isolated in the way that we have been, that our shops would be stripped bare, was just inconceivable. Suddenly, and without warning, Chaos has come into our lives and it feels that everything is slipping beyond our control. 
And it's frightening. When our rest is lost, when we view that the way the world is going and wonder what on earth we're supposed to do and stress enters every area of life, we find God's word speaking and assuring us that this is actually normal. Our lives are not controlled and ordered. These things are uh, constructions that we have made in order to, to cope with everyday life. And yet we find in moments like this the truth of life brought home uh, very painfully. In the film The Theory of Everything, Stephen Hawking speaks of his experience of uh, motor neuron disease, that the way that it has changed his life, and he ends the movie with a note of hope in one of his speeches. But you have to ask the question, why? What hope? You believe the world is dying and everything in it is dying and everything will decline into total chaos and one day everything will collapse in and itself. Where is the hope in all of that? All human endeavour ultimately will come to nothing. The only appropriate response is to eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die and that is exactly what our world is doing. We can see that, can't we, in the world around us as we look at people virtually ransacking shops to make sure that they will have enough for today and for tomorrow for themselves. Not concerned so much about other people but about themselves and making sure they will be fine for the day. When we find ourselves despairing in the face of turmoil like that which we are facing, it's most likely that we have started to think the way the world does about our lives. We see the chaos and we try to shut it out. We try to put in place all sorts of things uh, to, to blank us off from the chaos around us. We look to family. We look to our jobs. We look to uh, our hobbies. We look to the, the normality, the routine of everyday life. And yet, COVID-19 has come into the midst of all of that and shown how empty all of these things are as a means of staving off this chaos all around us. We need to realign our thinking. We need to see the world and our lives in the right way if we are going to find rest, strength and comfort. We can face turmoil and still have rest when we read and pray over what the psalmist says here about the sufficiency of God and his place in the psalmist's life. The psalmist deals with the uncertainty of life head on. He makes no bones about it. And when we look at our own lives, the immovable things of our lives, and we look at the circumstances in which we live, we understand that we are in exactly the same boat that he was in all those millennia ago. Everything in an instant has changed. And now we can't go through life thinking the way we once did. We are here today forced to acknowledge that life doesn't work out the way we think it ought to. Entire nations in our enlightened world should not be tipped into chaos by a virus, by something so small we can't see it with the naked eye and yet this is exactly what has happened. We need to be careful about attributing events like the spread of COVID-19 to the judgment of God and the world, but God certainly does speak to us through these unsettling times. 
We are not in control. We are not all-powerful. I once listened to a debate in which an atheist made the very startling claim that in his view science was omnipotent, it was all-powerful. I think he actually meant omniscient, it was all-knowing, it would encompass all things. But either way, the arrogance of that statement was unbelievable, and his opponent quickly showed him how foolish he was to say something like that by talking over five things that science simply could not account for. Unless we are willing to see that our lives are not certain, are not secure, that everything won't always be fine all the time, then we're going to struggle through hard times like we're doing today. We're not going to cope. We'll be left without strength, without comfort and without rest. But when we do acknowledge that life is uncertain, we know we need to ask for help. And that is exactly where the psalmist goes next. Because it's not just seeing that life is uncertain, It is also in seeing that there is a refuge in the midst of that uncertainty that brings the psalmist hope. The psalmist says in the midst of all of this turmoil of the mountains being uprooted and swallowed by the sea and the waters roaring and foaming all around, there is this place of refuge and the place of refuge is God himself. Knowing God as his place of security and comfort comes from knowing God. What the psalmist is doing here to rest in the face of of turmoil when life has all gone wrong is writing a song, rehearsing the attributes of God. He's meditating on the very character of God himself because he knows that while his life might be falling apart, God never changes and God promises he will never leave him. The reason God is a very present help in times of trouble is because of his faithfulness. And that is why the psalmist calls him a refuge. It's because of God's strength to overcome any problem. It's because of his nearness to his people, his closeness to those who love him, that he is a very present help. He's not distant from his people. He is not absent from their turmoil. He knows, he sees He hears, he goes through the whole experience with him. And the psalmist knows more than anything else that the Lord is sufficient so that if the psalmist prays to him and asks for help, the Lord will not simply hear, but the Lord is capable of understanding and of changing situations. As long as the psalmist knows that and reminds himself of the steadfastness of the Lord, he can find rest, even in the most frightening of situations. He can find strength to go on, to carry on through the midst of it all. He can find comfort that when circumstances don't change as he would like or feels they ought to, he knows that the Lord still goes with him and all is not lost, even though times may be very difficult indeed. He says there is a city where peace always prevails. A river runs through the city and makes it glad even in the face of terrible turmoil. And the reason this city is so peaceful and calm is that where is where God dwells. It is his city. It's where he is. Because God's in the midst of the city, it can't be moved. How can it be? God will help her. The reason that he can help 
is that he is sovereign over all. He speaks and the earth melts. He resists the enemy coming against the city and the enemy is destroyed. The Lord himself is our fortress. And while we are with him, we have nothing to fear because he can do anything. We must see, even though our circumstances are frightening, we don't know what tomorrow will hold, that there is a refuge. Now that doesn't mean that all will be well in life. Turmoil will still come all around the city. The enemies will still attack. And as we face the uncertainty of of the days that lie ahead, there will certainly still be stress and strain upon us. We, We will have to endure through hard times. That is absolutely clear. Knowing the Lord will not take away those problems. The hope we have of strength and comfort isn't that everything will suddenly be wonderful. We will have to go through the pain, the frustration, the sadness, and so on. But we are hidden inside a fortress and protected from ultimate harm. The things that truly matter can never be taken away. All of the the circumstances that we face will not ultimately defeat us and consume us completely. But there's more to the... the Lord being a refuge, a fortress, than just being a place to hide. This God, who himself is our fortress, is actively working against the things in the world that threaten us. He will stop the enemy that makes war against us. He will flatten the heavy, roiling earth and will bring calm. God protects, but he's also on the counter-offensive and will defeat our enemies for us. And all we need to do is stay close into him in love and obedience. Now, in light of what we face today, what on earth does that mean? Will the Lord simply take away COVID-19 and all will be well again? I don't believe that that will be the case. Although it might, I don't believe it will be. I think what the psalmist is talking about here is In the midst of difficulty and turmoil, his confidence is that he is eternally secure in the Lord. The enemy that comes against him cannot take him from the presence of God himself, cannot remove him from that place of security and salvation. Whatever happens, though his life be lost, he cannot be stripped away from God's side. God will carry him through life and on into eternity. I think the comfort we should take from this is that our life is hid in God. It is secure in him. That in Christ we are given a place at God's side as we read in John 6 that all those that are given to the Son will be raised up on the last day. There is no taking us away from God's presence no matter what happens in this life. But I think there is also a second comfort to see in this psalm, that however difficult things might be as we face uh, the, the, the changes to our lives over the coming weeks, they are not as bad as they could be. The Lord actively works against the sin in this world that has resulted in COVID-19. The Lord is constantly restraining the evil of our world so that we are not 
completely overwhelmed and consumed by it. And it's difficult for us to see that in times when our lives are changed so radically by the experiences we're going through. And yet we should see comfort that the Lord is in control. The Lord is guiding and directing. The Lord is using this as hard as it may be ultimately to reveal something of his glory, his sustaining power, his love. And so we have comfort because the Lord is not simply a fortress but is on the counter-attack against our enemy. Today, as we sit in our homes, not gathered together, but as sit as individuals in this time of great uncertainty, our fear is grounded in one thing, death. It is the effect that sin has on us as human beings. We're frightened of our end. That's why we're afraid of running out of food. That's why we're afraid of coming into contact with someone who's sick and catching that virus and ultimately being hospitalized by it ourselves. That's why panic has gripped not just our nation, but many nations across the world. The ultimate enemy of mankind, the result of sin is death, and we are terrified. We'll do anything to stave it off. But death, we are assured, is an enemy with a limited time left. Sin and death are are being beaten back by God. Their power is broken and they will one day be no more. And when that day comes, there will be eternal peace. There will be no more COVID-19 or any other virus for that matter. There will be comfort in that place of refuge where God is because his influence will be such that we are completely protected from all evil. It will be eradicated. He will have not just battled our enemies on our behalf, he will have finally beaten and destroyed them and driven them away. Our concern just now is how do we get to that place? How do we have that comfort, that rest of knowing that while there are still struggles which will touch us, they will never defeat us and they themselves will one day be defeated. We must see that this refuge, this rest, this strength is accessed through Christ alone. The answer lies in God himself. The Lord, through his command to be silent, stills the world and brings it into submission through his word of command, but also through what? Through the world's knowledge of God himself. He says, be still and know that I am God. Not be still and feel that I am God. Be still and think that I might be God. Be still and know that I am God. And I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This is the reason we're able to have rest and comfort even in the most uncertain of times. In the midst of uncertain times, rest comes to Christians because we are given a new source of certainty. That knowledge that the Lord is our God and will rule over all. Not just his church, but the whole world eventually. This is what Jesus comes to accomplish when we read about him in the Gospels and when we see him explained all the way through the the epistles, the rest of the New Testament. Jesus comes as the one to bring that knowledge of the Lord, not 
partially, as in the Old Testament, as the saints look forward to the coming of the Messiah and that the golden age that he would bring in, but to have a more complete understanding of that. As Jesus reveals the kind of rule, the kind of reign that God will have over this world, this is one of the key reasons why Jesus performs so many miracles during his earthly ministry. It's to show us a glimpse of what that future life will look like. The dead are raised because death will be God. The sick and lame and blind are healed because there will be no suffering. The storm-tossed sea is stilled with these words, peace be still, because peace will reign over all creation. And I can't help but think as Jesus stilled that storm that Psalm 46 must have been in his mind. He again and again replaces a frightening uncertainty with glimpses of a sure and a certain future. And then he tells his disciples in John 14, I am going to prepare a place for you there. And if I go to prepare a place, I will surely come and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Jesus makes us see the world differently. We thought before that everything was chaos as our eyes have been opened in, in light of current events, that life may be random and unfair and uncertain, and, and that's the source of much of our pain and frustration. But now we can see that God sits over all things. And when we come to him, we come to one who is able to help us because nothing is outside of his power. Who can stand against Jesus and all that he does? There is no one in his day, not even death, has the ability to overpower him as he takes on the sin of the world and pays for it completely and then rises again to show his total victory over it all. We see that Jesus will change us by making himself known to us to behold the very works of the Lord. He's calling us to fix our eyes on what the Lord is doing, but also on him who is doing the work. Be still, he says, and know that I am God. And when Jesus comes in the New Testament, he comes as God with us, Emmanuel, the God who makes himself known to his people so they can see him and what he does to save and protect us. He is the way, the truth and the life and all who come to him will have access to our Heavenly Father. If they come and turn from their sin that separates them from God, give up their old way of living which was focused on them and only results in fear and uncertainty and instead dedicate themselves to following in Jesus' way. Jesus says in John chapter 11, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. He's saying that yes, death and suffering will come to us all. But the life we have beyond it in him is true life, not marked by any of those things. And we have joy and healing and celebration as we live with our God and Saviour. And that life is guaranteed to us. We are protected from ever losing it if we believe in Christ. So the world might be struggling through uncertainty concerning the present days and the future weeks and months, but we are given new confidence despite the fact we have no idea what tomorrow will hold because we know what the future will ultimately hold. 
One of the key ways for us to experience rest in this life, regardless of what we face, is to consider often the future of God's plans. Christ will return. Sin and death will finally be defeated. Suffering will end. God will rule over all in perfection for all eternity. And we will see that day if we have trusted in Christ. So the next 10 minutes might contain a lot of uncertainty. But we know that these days that we live through are shaping us for that future place of peace and rest. And beyond the struggles of this life, that place awaits us. We've sung just recently um, in one of the the funeral services we had a song which has been very meaningful uh, to me throughout my life. Uh, Growing up I went to the Boys Brigade and Uh, and sang this song often, Will your anchor hold in the storms of life? When the clouds unfold their wings of strife, when the strong tides lift and the cables strain, will your anchor drift or firm remain? Will your eyes behold through the morning light the city of gold and the harbour bright? Will your anchor safe by the heavenly shore when life's storms are past forevermore? Christian rest is to actually be experienced in an ongoing way through each day, through the strength and the comfort the Lord provides by being our refuge. And that's regardless of how hard and and busy these days might be. It is specifically for these times of turmoil where everything seems to be coming apart and going wrong and we simply don't know where we're going or how we're going to cope. It is specifically for these times where we feel pressed upon. The psalmist calls us to see God is at work in this world, that God is at work in your life and he calls you to know him. And when we know and trust in this God, the psalmist closes by saying that the Lord of hosts will be with us. The God of Jacob will be our fortress. Let's pray together. Our loving Heavenly Father, we come together this morning as your people, Lord, struggling to to find answers, perhaps. Lord, struggling to know what on earth we're supposed to do. And yet, Lord, we come to worship you this morning, although we are apart from one another. Lord, we worship you because you are sovereign over all creation. Lord, you made this world. You understand how it works. You know exactly what COVID-19 is and you know exactly how uh, it functions, how it can be dealt with. And Lord, we thank you that you know each one of us. You understand the circumstances we all face, whether we are living in Livingston or in Italy or in China or wherever it may be. Lord God, we thank you that you are in control for all that we do not understand why this situation is unfolding. And Lord God, we pray that you would, in our worship, surrender to you that need we have to be in control. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are holy. And Lord, that you are the judge of all the earth and you will do right. Lord, there is no wickedness in you. There is no wastefulness in you. And so, Father, we come before you and we worship you as your people. 
Lord God, we thank you that you know our days, that our times, as scripture says, are in your hands. And so, Lord, we have no need to fear that this world is barreling out of control and nobody is at the steering wheel. Nobody understands, for we know that you do. Lord, have us place our trust and our confidence in you as a daily act of sacrifice and worship. Lord God, we're struggling because we're absent from one another and it pains us. And Lord, I pray that you would bless us in this time of absence as we are not gathering Sunday by Sunday. Lord, bless us with a greater hunger and thirst for being together as your church when this problem comes to a conclusion, when it comes to an end. Lord God, we pray for one another, for those who are experiencing isolation, for those who uh, are experiencing uncertainty about their jobs and about their income, for those who cannot be with their family at this time. Lord, bless them with a sense of your presence. Lord, with an increase of knowledge of who you are and what you have done for them. Lord, for your steadfast love towards them. Heavenly Father, we pray for courage and for confidence, Lord, in you so that we might sacrifice for those whose need is greater than our own. Lord, we pray for uh, both those in our fellowship and those in our community. Lord, help us to hold lightly to the things of this life and to cling with greater strength to you so that we might be of greater service. Help us to bring comfort to those around us, however we're able. And Lord, we pray for greater creativity and uh, confidence, Lord, in our efforts to bless our neighbours. We pray that you would bless the ongoing work of the community fridge and other local food banks. Those in our uh, community experiencing poverty are still doing so. And so, Lord, we pray that our own worries for the future wouldn't drown out their need. Lord God, we pray for our local government in West Lothian and Lord, we ask that you would um, give them wisdom in knowing how best to deal with this particular situation. Lord, how to um, use the resources at their disposal uh, for those with the greatest need. Lord, we pray for uh, the, the national government in Scotland that it would be able to direct its resources um, in the right way, that it would respond, Lord, both with an eye to what is going on today, but to the coming weeks and months and Lord God, we pray for uh, the, the national government in Westminster. Lord, we thank you for the work that has already been done, but we would pray uh, for the strengthening uh, of those folks who have a responsibility over us, Lord, and ask that you would um, use them to shorten the, the length of this whole process, to, to lessen the impact that it has on us. Lord God, we think especially of uh, those key workers Lord, whether it's the emergency services, uh, Lord, whether it's those who are making sure that, that there is food on the shelves and, and the shops, Lord, that the elderly are cared for. Heavenly Father, we pray for people who will be very, very tired and worn out over the coming weeks and ask that you would restore their strength, Lord, that you would keep them healthy and able to continue on in their particular role. Lord God, we pray for those who are sick and who will be sick over the coming weeks and months and pray that you would be with them to heal and restore them. But Lord, if not, to give them the strength to endure. Lord God, be with their family and friends to bring them comfort at this most difficult of time. And Lord, we pray that you would have them hear and respond to the gospel, which is their true hope. 
Lord, we ask that you would use this time of uncertainty to bring a great many people into your kingdom. May the focus we all have on our frailty and need drive many to ask the hardest of questions. Where is this life going? What is this all for? Where can answers be found? And Lord, we pray for your church that we would step up with boldness to provide answers to those hard questions in love, with sensitivity, but also with clarity and with passion. Lord God, we ask that you would give us the confidence in these days of knowing you, that you would help us to continue with you through these days, growing in strength and in our knowledge of you. Lord, bless us and build us up, we pray, that we might live for you and your glory in every circumstance. And Lord, we long for the day when we can worship together with one another again. Lord, help us in this time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, folks, I do hope that you uh, have been encouraged and perhaps challenged this morning. Uh, I do uh, want you to know that you're being prayed for this coming week, as uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, greater changes to come uh, than the ones we've faced already. We'll be in touch with you over the course of the week, and so if there are any points for prayer, please please do mention that to uh, your deacon or get in touch with myself uh, by phone or email or text, however, uh, and just let us know. But as you go into this week, may you go in the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen. God bless you.